Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. It's easy to grow impatient as the Lord tarries. You can't understand why he doesn't just come back and pull his bride out of this world with all of its pain. As Pastor J.D. reminds us in today's message, while you may long for Christ's return, and you should, don't lose sight of your mission. Every day that passes is another opportunity for grace to be extended to a new soul. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 4th, 2019. Some of the Arab countries are actually coming to the table in agreement with even pushing the Palestinians, so-called, to come back to the table to have peace. I'm going to take it a step further here and suggest that in the coming weeks, perhaps months, we're going to see something that is going to be on the table that is going to be agreed to. And that's never happened before. Okay, I want to take the remainder of our time together today to talk about something. I I think the last time I mentioned this or brought this up was last year. It has to do with what some call end times fatigue. I would venture to say that this too is unprecedented in the sense that it's more pronounced now more than ever, especially for those who truly believed that the Lord would have come back by now. And sadly, this has led many to become discouraged at best and even doubtful at worst. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I want to offer a word of encouragement. We need not lose heart nor hope as we wait, watch, and I'll add work until He comes. What if I told you, what if I told you that there's a cure for end times fatigue? What if I told you that you and I actually have the ability to speed up the return of the Lord in the rapture of the church. Would you believe me if I told you that? Would you be willing to hear me out? I want to start with Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. 
We're told that Jesus taught a parable because the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. I mean, here Jesus just talked about, I'm going to come back and this is what's going to happen. And they're like, well, when's this going to be? This year? <laughs> this month? This week? They really thought it was going to happen right away. <laughs> Dare I say, they thought it was going to be in their lifetime. So Jesus takes the opportunity. This is a teachable moment. He teaches this parable, and it's known as the parable of the minas. A mina is believed to have been the equivalent of 100 days of work. And he calls his servants, and he gives them these minas. And then in verse 13, after the nobleman gives his servants the minas, he says to them this, get to work. There's work to do. And occupy until I come. What's the point of the parable? Well, there's many lessons, I believe, in this parable. But to me, the takeaway is this. We're to be busy about the work of the kingdom until our master returns. This is what Peter said in his second epistle. I'm going to, and you'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this, but I'm going to be very bold here and say to you that I truly believe, more so now than ever, that the reason the Lord hasn't come back yet is because we still have work to do. There's still more people that need to be saved. And we can do something about that. This is what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, that we can actually speed His coming. We can hasten His return. In other words, God has given us a mina, if you will, a talent, the ability to bring more people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When that last person gets saved, that's it. The trumpet's going to sound. And by the way, if you're here in this church and you're that last person that has to get saved before we go home, we are not going to let you out of here. We will block the entrances and the exits. I, I think it's humorous. I, you'll forgive me for going off on this, but... I think God is going to have to take whoever that last person is to get saved before the rapture can happen. And God's going to have to put them like in, you know, uh, protective custody in heaven because their identity can, because we'll be all looking at them like, you, it was you, what took you so long? That's not biblical, but I just wanted to, you know, share that anyway. You see where I'm going with this? When that last person gets saved, we go home, but not until then. And here's the thing, God has commissioned us, given to us that privilege, that command to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I'm going to, again, if I could be so bold, say that if you're in a spiritual funk, a spiritual depression, 
you're dry spiritually, no joy in your life, you're just kind of going through the motions, kind of hit this rut in your Christian life, this is the cure. Does it seem like that the Lord delays His coming? This is the cure. What's the cure? Ah, Get to work! We've got work to do! You'll forgive me for raising my voice, but we have work to do. The harvest is ripe and ready, and the laborers are few. And God is calling me and you before it's too late. I was brought up in a small farm town. Get this, my graduating class, the class of 1980, well, that's a long time ago. (laughs) 16 people in my class. That's how small the town was, small farm town. And in the fall, when harvest time came, they would delay school in order to get the harvest in before it was too late. I really appreciated what Barry McGuire said about the fields being white for harvest. The wheat, there's a certain window, and if you don't harvest that crop, you lose it. It's time driven. You know what's interesting? Is Jesus actually said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. Two weeks ago I mentioned that we wanted to hear your share, your faith story. And oh my goodness, <laughs> took me the better part of an entire day to read through, and I did read through every single one of them. I was so blessed. Talk about the minister being ministered to. So it was really a hard decision, but I picked one that I want to share with you today. Listen to this. It's from an online member by the name of Marina Lamb. She says, I live in a very small town, and I have had the privilege to hear in my spirit to pray for someone I had just passed in the mall, or even while walking to my car. My first attempt was walking into an office with four Muslim ladies working behind their administrative desks. The one lady came up to serve me when I noticed the biggest cold sore on her lip. And I heard myself saying, may I pray for healing of your lip in the name of Jesus? I almost looked around to see whether there was someone else that had said that as I knew I never would. She agreed. Oh dear Father God in heaven, I thought. And then the Holy Spirit guided me on how to pray. I could not get out of there soon enough, even knowing that I had to be back the next morning to complete the reason for me being there, which was not her cold sore. The next morning when I went back, these four ladies, these are Muslim ladies, hijab and all, jumped up to greet me, and the lady with the cold sore, (laughs) well, it was gone. I mean, not even a mark, just gone. Needless to say, I joined those Muslim ladies with raised hands, praising and thanking Jesus for the healing, even though I was stunned or perhaps stupefied by what I had witnessed. 
Since then, my Muslim lady friends have prayer requests for me all of the time, and sometimes they testify, and other times they just add more prayer requests. They are not offended that I pray in the name of Jesus, and I have normal conversations with them regarding my faith, and they listen. I know that the Holy Spirit is going to work with them, and I shall just keep thanking Him. Think about that. I'm going to say it again, and we'll bring it in for a close. The reason why the Lord has not come back yet is because there are still more people that need to be saved and added to the kingdom. And we can play a part in that. And also, (laughs) by sharing our faith, it does something to us. I know in my own life, it has restored to me the joy of my salvation. There's no greater joy, there's no greater high than the high of just sharing your faith. You don't have to lead them to Christ. You might just be planting the seed. You might just be watering the seed, but just share your faith. And and sometimes it can just be so simple as, hey, can I pray for your cold sore? That is a gnarly looking cold sore, man. (laughs) Let me pray for you. (laughs) You never know. I have to confess that And maybe it's because I'm an Arab, but if I walked into a place and there's four Muslim women there, I don't care, cold sore or not, I'm probably not going to ask if I could pray for them. (laughs) They'll probably run away. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let the enemy get away with putting fear in your heart to share the gospel. Don't don't let him put that thought that, you know, you kind of pull back, you're kind of embarrassed, so what if they, you know, don't let the enemy get away with that. You know, I was thinking about this on the way here this morning, you know, where Jesus says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. What does Satan want to steal? He's not going to steal my car. What's he going to do with my car? What does he want to steal? Oh, he wants to steal my joy. He wants to steal my hope. And (laughs) here I have this blessed hope. I have the joy of my salvation. I'm saved. I have this joy. I have this hope. Why wouldn't I not want to share that? This is the answer, by the way. Maybe this is for somebody here today. You you needed this exhortation slash rebuke in Jesus' name. You need this because this is why you don't have that joy in your life. This is what Satan has robbed you of, stolen from you. He has stolen from you the joy that is yours in sharing Jesus with somebody. And it can just be as simple for me, what works for me that opens the door for me is just when somebody says, hey, how you doing today? I say, I'm blessed. And then sometimes that opens up the door for me to explain why I'm so blessed. And I am blessed. Oh my goodness, I'm so blessed. Sometimes it's just being nice to somebody on the other end of the phone. You know that tech support or customer support individual 
Can you imagine the kind of people they have to deal with on a day in and day out basis? So then here you call them, they put you on hold for a half an hour. And then they finally pick up and say, thank you for waiting. You're like, oh, praise the Lord, that's really going to help. No, it's one of these. It's like, uh, hey, no problem. I, I know you must be busy. I can't even imagine the kind of things you have to deal with on a daily basis. Here's my situation. Wow. Wow. Are you for real? Yeah. And so is Jesus. And you know what? I'm going to pray for you today. This happened just this last week again. Somebody was having a really rough day, and I could tell. And so when she, when it was my turn, I'm standing in line. Finally, it's my turn. Thank you for waiting. I said, no problem. I said, uh, how are you doing? It s- seems like you're pretty busy today. She said, yeah, just everybody's been mean to me. And I said, well, I'm not going to be mean to you. She said, yeah, but everybody's been yelling at me. I said, I'm not going to yell at you. I, I, I yell at my church every Sunday. I'm not going to yell at you. <laughs> And it was the most pleasant exchange. And then when we were done, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get her to, you know, pray to receive Christ right there. But as I'm leaving, I just said, you know, I'm just going to pray for you for the rest of the day, that you have a better day and that your customers are kinder <laughs> for the rest of the day. I'm just going to pray for you. And, and you have a blessed rest of the day. Just, I, you know, you can almost see people tear up. They're not used to that. Sometimes that's all it takes. That's it. Then the next time you go back to that place, they're going to say, hey, I want to talk to you. That's called an open door. That's called an open door. So every week I stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, and I share with you about what's happening in the world to encourage you that Jesus is coming And just because he hasn't come yet, doesn't mean he's not coming. And oh, by the way, (laughs) every day that goes by, I know this is going to be deeply profound, but every day that goes by brings us one day closer to that trumpet sounding. And that's why it is so urgent in this hour in which we live, to snatch as many as we can out of the fire, and into the kingdom. This is why we do these prophecy updates. This is why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, which Paul, when writing to the Romans, pardon me, the Corinthians, in his first epistle, chapter 15, said basically this, this is the gospel, that Jesus Christ came the first time, was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the gospel. Very simple. And every single one of us will give an answer to what we did with the person of Jesus Christ and the payment He made on the cross to offer us free the gift of eternal life. I'm either going to accept or reject. I think of the two criminals that were crucified next to the Savior. One accepted, one rejected. 
This is why we do the ABCs of salvation. I mean in no way to insult anyone's intelligence. And by the way, let me hasten to say that this is not the only way. It is a way. It is a simple way. Should God give you the privilege of leading somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, this is just a tool, a template, if you will, that you can use. The A is for acknowledge or admit that you've sinned against God and that you need the Savior. This is really what repentance is, where you turn from your sin and you turn to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. You might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 pronounces the death penalty on all who have sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, free gift, oh, he paid for it in full, cost him his life, so he could offer it to us as a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any of us should ever boast. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the B. It's for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that God raised Him from the dead. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, the C, very simply, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans ten thirteen. lastly, it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How simple is that? Maybe this is for somebody here today that has never called upon the Lord, or you're watching online, you've never called upon the Lord, believing in your heart, putting your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins, accepting His free gift of eternal life that He paid for in full with His blood shed in your stead. I implore you, today to make the most important decision you'll ever make in your life for eternal life. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.